What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the All Dolphins podcast. As you see in the in the window down below, we are excited, thrilled. Uh, I'm running out of adjectives to be joined by former Dolphins wide receiver Devon Best. Devon, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Bro, Thanks listen, us. Here, here's how it popped off, right? We generally do... Each episode, we talk about a number. We talk about a player, a number. And when it was episode 115, we started talking about you and just your journey. Um, you were the first of a long line of undrafted players. You know, they've kept an undrafted player on the 53 man roster every single year since you. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Wow. That yeah, I mean, you began That's a tradition awesome. that that they they firmly believe in. Um, they've got quite a few actually this year, but and and you know this is a new podcast. We just started this. Um, uh, to be honest with you, um, I I left the newspaper, went to go work for I Am Athlete, running that platform. Um, realized I was working with a narcissist, and and mm. basically had to bolts part ways. part ways and began to do my own thing and alan took me in and we started this podcast and it's really been a saving grace for me um uh, thankful for it and mm -hmm. the fans have just gravitated to it and so mm -hmm. i've always said this is your podcast as a fans and you tell us what 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 you want and when i mentioned i said you know if we ever did bring on a player to join our podcast. I was like, I would want Devon to be the first player, like set right it, on. Right episode on. Right 115. On. And I was <laughs> like, I, you know, we really never even thought about it. And then the fans yeah. absolutely demanded it. So right I'm, you, I'm, should, you should be honored, Devon, that you are the I very, am very honored, man. Very honored. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, and Devon, when, when you were playing, I was with Dolphin Digest uh, and then started as the publisher of alldolphins.com in 2020, which is kind of a different platform where Dolphin Digest is not necessarily a house organ, but there's kind of a relationship there. So where it's a lot more unfiltered now uh, with alldolphins.com. So, and I, I, when your number came up, the first thing that, that I said immediately was like, I remember Devon when he was a rookie free agent in, in 2008, thinking to myself in training camp, that dude's always open. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, that dude's always open. Um, so I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where to start. I don't know where the, the question there is, and there, and I don't know how much of that he was came just from. out there dropping in zones. That's all he was doing. I would say, I, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, my transition from college to the NFL was a, a really smooth one from a mental standpoint, from an X's and O's standpoint, because. When I was in Hawaii, I had the honor of, you know, I had the privilege of playing for a guy named June Jones, you know, which everybody knows. 
and uh, I was in the run and shoot, you know, so he would be in our meeting rooms with the quarterbacks teaching us how to read coverages, how, like you just said, Omar, how to find the soft spots in the zones, how to, you know, we catching a hundred balls, uh, a practice, you know what I'm saying? So it was just repetition. A lot of it was, um, you know, muscle memory. And a lot of it was film study, you know, every, you know, he prepared me and, and, and made that transition really, really smooth for me. Yeah. And, and what I, you were the, at the entry point of the slot receiver era. Correct. Now, I don't think you ever really got the praise or credit that you deserve just for various other reasons, including you didn't have a good quarterback. Don't correct. tell lies. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> That I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw nobody under the bus, man. But for the most part, um, I didn't have the consistency at the position. I'll just put it that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, Chad was great. I learned a lot from Chad hit, uh, Chad Pennington. He, he was a savior for me. You know, he was a big part of why I had so much success that rookie year, you know, because he taught me how to study, taught me how to be a pro. He was very accurate. He was very, um, detailed like Devon I want you five yards two yards outside of the hash be there when I'm ready you know it was just really really detailed and um uh me and Chad Henney came in together obviously and uh we just created a bond so once Chad got Chad Pennington got hurt Chad kind of just took over because Chad uh Henney was still in those meetings with us going over things um and yeah man uh and then you know to go through the list of guys, David Garrard, uh, Matt Moore, Tyler Thigpen, uh, Ryan Tannehill, the list goes on, man. So I couldn't just remember like, if you were part of the Tannehill clan. Oh, yeah, I played with Tannehill his rookie year. Yeah, mm. I was with Tannehill his rookie year. So um, it just wasn't enough consistency for, for, for the team and myself in order for me to take that next level, uh, that next step as far as, you know, getting the recognition in the league. Can I, can I ask a question here? Because we're talking about that Tannehill rookie year, and now it's 11 years after the fact. Did the guys on the team, because it looked from, from the outside that David Garrard was the clear leader to win the quarterback battle. Then mm -hmm. he blew out his Tell hand. the truth, Devon. Tell the yeah, truth. No, hold on. Hold on. I'm getting to your question there. Uh, then he blew out his knee like in, like in his backyard or something to, like that. Like that. Would the players at that time not have preferred Matt Moore to be the starting quarterback as opposed to Tannehill? Um, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Um, David, you know, it, it, it was a battle. It was a battle. It was a good battle. But Matt Moore, Matt Moore was a ball player. Matt Moore was a gunslinger. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't look pretty always, but he got the job done. He was smart. He was savvy. You know what I'm saying? So from the team perspective, we felt, you know, okay, David's not going to be the guy. All right, let's let's roll with Matt. Matt ready. You know, he's, he's going to be ready. He's going to go out there. He's going to study his, his butt off. And uh, he's going to make the throws to get us uh, to get us in position to win, you know. And, and that may sound like the, you know, the all-American answer, you know what I'm saying? But it's the honest truth, you know. When when when, when Matt Moore's uh, name was up, we, we was ready to, uh, to rock behind him. Yeah. Um, it's funny because even after you left, um, Tannehill suffered an injury and the organization looked at Matt Moore and said, no, the head coach, Joe, uh, head coach, um, Adam Gaze looked at Matt Moore and said, even though the man had just taken him to the playoffs, right, said, right. I don't want to coach you for an entire season because you're not going to do what I, what I tell you to do. 
I'm gonna go get go get Jake Cutler. That that's oh, exactly. Wow. Yeah, I didn't they, know that. Yeah, Devon was long gone by then. That was like yeah, I was 2017. Yeah, yeah. wow. They paid Jake Cutler 13 million dollars to basically not care, and wow. instead of riding riding with Matt Moore. But you you know how those dynamics of of the NFL are. Let, let me ask you this question, Devon. It's one of my favorite questions to ask guys. At what point in your career and what was it where you realized that the NFL was a business? Yeah, you love asking that question. Ooh, that's a great question, Omar. I will tell you, it was my last year with the Dolphins. When, you know, just, you know, when, when you know, when I was going through my little issues mentally and, and, um, and they, they ended up trading me instead of, trying to help me get to the root of what I was dealing with that, 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 that kind of messed me up, you know, because I was a guy, obviously you guys know I was undrafted. I made the team started as a rookie. Um, you know, I had, you know, second most catches and if I had all these accolades, you know, and I was doing so much, not only on the field, but then even in the community with my foundation and for them to just basically do this with me, that, that that broke my heart, man. That broke my heart, and that's that's one of the biggest reasons why, um, you know, I struggled for 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 quite some time as far as going back to Miami and getting back in the community and wanting to be around alumni and doing all these great things, you know, that I really want to do. But uh, it took me some time to heal. You know, I've healed over that, and um, you know, I you was hurt. You know, I, you I was hurt, bro. I was hurt, bro. I was definitely hurt, man, because I was. You know, I was a guy that never missed a practice, never missed a game, you know, and, and, and you you know how long the NFL season is. Shit, I was banged up too sometimes, you know, but I was still going, you know, and for them to just to get rid of me like that, that uh that that messed me up, man. So yeah, that that's when I realized it was a business. Where are you with the Dolphins right now in terms of a relationship, if any? Um, I keep in contact with Erica Favors from time to time. We talk, you know, and um, I try to get I try to get back, you know, from time to time. But it's just hard with my children. They all play sports now and school. Everything is year round. So I told her just to keep me in the loop, you know, whether it's through text or email as far as coming out to support or come to a game or come to alumni event or whatever it is. You know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm you know, I love Miami. They you know, that that regime and whatever is not going to take over you know for how i feel about the organization and the people of miami because they they embrace me with open arms now now you talked about the the issues that you had and i never really got i've read but i've never heard it from your perspective what what happened that led to the mental break uh, my first mental break was in 2011, man. So um, basically, Omar, that, you know, I've learned, you know, over the past 10, 10 years or so, you know, just talking to my therapist and, uh, you know, reading a lot of books and or listening to a lot of uh, podcasts and stuff like that, that I suffer from PTSD. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it came from my childhood, man. And I didn't even realize it, you know, growing up in Oakland and seeing all the shit I saw. And being around all the the, the 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 gangs and the drugs and just you know the, the the pimps and just just the lifestyle that that goes on in that environment I'm, I grew up in, you know. So I bottled a lot of things up, man. And you know, bro, I come in prison. But yeah, yeah, I was in yeah, I was in bro, I was in jail. 
I didn't, I, I never healed from that. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I literally went from jail to college in like a two month span. And then from, from, from that, I was from, 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 from going to jail to actually being in Hawaii and playing my first full season. I went from jail to being a freshman, all, all American in like 10 months, bro. You know what I'm saying? So everything was just moving real fast. And, and, and to get back to my point, um, you know, in Oakland, where I'm from, which which probably happens in a lot of uh, inner cities in America, it's like it's, there's just there's the stigma about being tough and having mental toughness and not being able to, you know, go ask for help and go talk to somebody if something bothers you. It's like suck suck it up, man. Suck that shit up and excuse my language. Suck it up and and, and get through it, you know, and, and 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 make it work. You know what I'm saying? So um, the first mental breakdown came from. Basically, I had got injured. I don't know if y'all probably remember when I tore my ACL, the last game of the season in 2011 against the Jets. Uh, I tore my ACL, and then the following season, I, I injured. Uh, I had a fractured vertebrae in my back, and the Dolphins was trying to make me play while I had a fractured vertebrae. We 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 wasn't even going to the playoffs. Um, I'm not gonna say no names, but certain people was trying to sneak me, you know, certain medications to basically put a Band-Aid on it and go out and play. I'm like, man, I never missed a practice. I never missed a game. And and, and I'm actually hurt now. And y'all trying to force me to play. So that messed me up. My foundation, um, you know, we just wasn't seeing eye to eye on things. You know, that was, you know, that was a whole nother chapter in itself. My little, my, my younger brother had, he had got shot in Oakland, you know, I don't know, you know, over some stuff. Me and my wife was going through a divorce. Um, me and my dad fell out over money. Dude, it was just so much stuff going on that people didn't know about. You know what I'm saying? And finally, man, I just, you know, and I was, I, during that time, I wasn't really messing with nobody. I was just self-medicating, smoking a lot, you know, and just being to myself because that's where I found my most peace. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, man, I, that was that was basically the beginning of 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 my of my mental my mental breakdown, my mental health uh, journey. You know what I'm saying? And and when did you know that you needed help? Like, at what point did you say to my, yourself, you know, I can't handle this on my own? And I would. And what was it like to say to somebody, "Help me." It, it it was a tough pill to swallow, Omar, because, you know, for the longest, you know, they had diagnosed me as being bipolar, you know what I'm saying? And I knew in my heart, I'm like, I'm bipolar, yeah. you know, I never yeah. dealt with this before. I'm just going through a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? So when I, um, when I talked to my therapist, the first thing he said, he's like, you're not bipolar, dude, you're, you're, you're suffering from PTSD, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, that was a weight lifted off my shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Because walking around thinking you bipolar, man, yeah. it kind of plays tricks with you. You know, they, they're yeah. real easy and quick to diagnose you with bipolar. Oh, you got something going on? You bipolar. Oh, you had yeah, a manager, so you bipolar. Yeah, 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 take these drugs. You know, we'll, we'll figure out what what these drugs. You live this life self medicated. You live this yeah. life medicated. But however, I will say to you, Devon, the self medication is not going to help. No, not at all. You write about that. And I realized that that was another thing because I was isolating myself and I was smoking a lot. That was that was the wrong recipe. That's what sent me over into my next quote unquote episode. You know what I'm saying? So 
um, it, it was just, it was just a lot of, a lot of, lot of, lot of learning. You know, I was, I had never experienced this, so I'm, I'm learning as I walk through it, and I'm still learning to this day. You know, what I'm saying how to, how to function and deal with my children a certain way, deal with my wife, deal with people a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Because um, at the end of the day, like, man, I got a giving heart. You know, and I think that's my biggest. That was my biggest downfall with what what I was going through as far as family and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Back home or whatever, just giving, giving, giving. And then when I say no, you know, it becomes a big issue. You know what I'm saying? So I fought myself for that. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed, man. Very thankful for the experiences. You know, it was a dark cloud over my head for a long, long time. I want to say like 10 to 12 years, man, dealing with this mental health stuff. And that's a long time, man. You know, it, it, a decade. I mean, but seeking a decade of seeking therapy, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Set therapy and just uh, just trying to figure out what's the root issue that you're going through. What's the root cross? I didn't grow up with my father. That was a big thing, you know, for me. You know, I, I never had, a, uh, I had role models. I had father figures, but I never had my father. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, I met him a handful of times, but he was never, never in my life. And, and he came and out of not what did not having your father in your life. And even though you had role models, you have family members, you had a support system. What did not having your father in your life do to you now that you were able to dissect that? It makes me the father I am today to my children. That's basically what it do, you know. Um, it's it's tough, you know, because uh, I got a crazy story, man. So my brother, my mother had me when she was fifteen years old, and then had my younger brother when she was seventeen. So my father was fifteen as well. He was shipped away to another city, um, based not shipped away, but had to go to another city with you know because his family um, when my mom was pregnant. So my mom uh, had my younger brother at seventeen. His father ended up being my dad. That's who I call my father, my younger brother's dad. But he taught me all the, you know, how to how to how to survive. I'm gonna put it like that. He taught me how to survive. He didn't teach me how to, you know, do my homework, teach me how to play sports, teach me how to conduct yourself. He taught me all the street stuff. You know what I'm saying? And um, and I'm grateful for that because it it, it rounded me into the person I am today. But um, at the end of the day, not having a father. Um, you know, it's tough, man. Um, not really getting that nurturing and that loving and that, 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 that support, you know what I'm saying? And, and giving you that confidence. And it makes me, it makes me really go above and beyond for my children to this day, you know, since they was born, you know, all the way up until now, uh, it makes me want to be the best father I can be, you know, present so, father I can be. So you mentioned you, your, your kids, Devon. How many do you have? I know one of them is a volleyball player. Uh, what other sports do they play? Soccer player. She plays soccer, my oldest. So, so, so she just turned 15 on November 4th. Uh, I'm, I'm super proud of her, man. Straight A. She just made varsity as a freshman on her high school team. Uh, my, my, my middle son, Kingston, he's, uh, he plays baseball and basketball. He's doing really, really good in middle school, seventh grader. And my youngest He's he was playing football. He was a he was a beast, you know, doing his thing because I was training him. You know what I'm saying? And uh, one day he came to me and was like, "Dad, I don't want to play football no more." 
I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever you want to do, bro. I'm rocking with you. You know, I don't care. You know, I'm whatever. I'm support you. So he's class president, you know, straight A's and playing the violin and doing all these editing videos and, you know, trying to do his own. He, he, he's, He's a jack of all trades, bro. Hey, yeah, yeah. We might we 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 might need the best uh, uh, <laughs> video production team over there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, man. He's doing his thing right now. He just uh he just started his YouTube channel. He's like, Dad, I got I got like uh like a thousand followers already, and blah blah blah. He like he like that. Dad, can you can you send a message to your friends on social media and tell them to follow my page? I'm like, son, that's the easy way out, dude. You got to earn it, man. You got to work, and then maybe I'll do something for you later. So they all doing good, man. Great kids. My wife is uh, amazing. Uh, she's she's a huge, huge, huge part of that, you know, that people don't see. You know what I'm saying? So I'm very blessed, very grateful, man. In, in your darkest times, how did your wife hold you together? Ooh. Man, we going there? Huh? Oh, uh, that's a that's a great question, bro. Great question, man. Because um, you, you know, I asked that question because I don't think there are a lot of good women out there. Man, you are so right, bro. You are so right, bro. And 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 just to jump on, jump straight into your question, she she's my rock, man. She is my rock, dude. You know what I'm saying, like. They say behind every strong man is a stronger woman. You know what I mean? And that's the that's the truth when it comes to my relationship with me and my wife, man. Because, you know, me and my boy, one of one of my best friends that live in Miami right now, me and him talk about it all the time. He like, man, she could have just fucking just left and took half of everything and been dumped and been gone. And you know, it just um it it, it makes me really emotional when I think of think of it like that. You know what I'm saying? Because if I found the wrong girl that's probably would have happened, you know, and I probably still not be where I'm at today mentally, you know what I'm saying? As far as getting through. So she's helped me in tremendous amount of ways. You know, she was the one telling me, you know, stop sending these people money and stop doing this for people because they don't care about you. And, and that, that was the reason why me and her was going through our issues as far as going through a divorce and all this stuff, because, She's trying to have my back, but I'm trying. I'm like, uh, you know me. I'm like, I came from the hood. I'm trying to trying to take care of my people. You know what I'm saying? You, the people, but you know? too much of the people pleaser, Devon. Absolutely, absolutely. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say. I'm. I wouldn't say I'm a people pleaser. I would just say that I have a genuine heart for people who 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 really struggle. And I was in a position where I could have helped. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's the best way I can put that. Uh, Devon, quick football question. So you're a rookie in 2008. This is when the Dolphins unveiled the Wildcat. Um, what was that experience like? I mean, I'm sure it was fun because it led to success. But as a wide receiver, was it kind of like, <laughs> here, okay, Ronnie and Ricky, do your thing. We'll, we'll just sit over here and watch. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a lot of success. But it was basically like, okay, we don't uh, we don't trust the receivers. We don't trust, you know, the quarterbacks. <laughs> That's basically what they said. So we gonna make up something, you know, and um, it worked. You know, I can't even complain about it. It worked. We won. We went to the playoffs. One of the greatest turnarounds in NFL history. Um, so it is what it is. You, you were one of the last. <laughs> you answered my question right there. So basically, the receivers hated it. Man, uh, we didn't. We wasn't playing. We, you know, we we was out there blocking every now and then, but we didn't we didn't play. You know, and. <laughs> 
great pride in the fact that he's blocking for the number one offense in the NFL right now. <laughs> he, he's, I mean, honestly, that's the one thing I really admire about what they're doing now. I don't know how much you follow the Dolphins and their offense, but everybody buys in. And when it's a run play, man, them receivers, they could be five foot eight. They out there, they out there blocking, hamming, hamming people up. And I'm like, man, it's about the buy-in. So you wasn't you wasn't buying into the Wildcat? Nah, I ain't gonna say I wasn't buying into it because when I was out there, I was blocking too. I definitely was blocking. You, you gotta think about it, dude. I was undrafted, man. So my mindset was totally different from everybody else. Yeah. I can be cut in a matter of moments, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, blocking was part of the program, you know. So I was out there blocking for sure. Did did you did do you... Seek help from the NFL in regards to all the things in the mental health situations when you were going through. How much did they help you? How much did they assist you? How much did they guide you? Or did they just be like, oh, he over there? They they didn't they didn't completely do that. They didn't completely do that. Um they basically they basically told me to go see a doctor. That doctor is the one that diagnosed me as bipolar. They put me on medications that didn't help me. You know what I'm saying? Basically. So in a nut, in, in a sense, they kind of did sweep McLean me under the Hospital. rug. Uh, to be honest with you, oh, I don't even remember, bro. I don't, I don't even remember. I didn't over the past 10 years, I've been to several different hospitals in Miami and in California. You know what I'm saying? So I really can't even remember. But they, you know, you know how the NFL is, man. They, they give you, you know, at the beginning of the season, they, they give you all these different programs that are available to you in a notebook. Call this number if you need help. Bam, that's it. So it's not really like hands on, you know, like, yeah, come here, Devon. Let me, I know you're going through something. Let me, let me talk in to the you. media going through something. Somebody should be reaching out to you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's that's what breaks my heart the most is just knowing that all the all that I've done, not even forget on the field, just in the community. That that was my passion, the stuff I was doing through my foundation in the community in Miami and Fort Lauderdale and you know, Broward and they and they just do me like that. That 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 blew my mind, man. But I, I healed from it, you know. I, I'm I'm over it, you know, and I'm moving forward, you know. So go ahead, Poop. No, I, was, I got another one that's it's completely unreal. You're like on one track, and I'm like I'm like doing another. <laughs> track. It's, it's a, hopefully it's a good mix that the that the the fans are enjoying. Um, because you were with the Dolphins in 2012, which was Hard Knocks year. In fact, yes. my avatar is me interviewing David Garrard. Um, so I'm 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 curious as to what you're the Dolphins are about to be on the in-season version of Hard Knocks. I'm curious as to what you thought of it, whether you found it completely annoying or obnoxious, or did you actually enjoy having the NFL films crew around all the time? I thought I thought I thought Hard Knocks was cool, man, because it gave the fans and the people an inside look at what goes on and what we do. You know, I I I, I like NFL um I like Hard Knocks. I like NFL films, the documentaries they do. Um, I, I think they do a good job of it. You know, I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. You so didn't you find didn't it invasive with the cameras, and the, you didn't find it like intrusive that. or. Nah, not at all. Not at all. I mean, they got, you know, as far as when guys getting cut and you got to get called up to the office, and they showing that on national TV. I think that's a little extra. You know what I'm saying? 
But as far as on the field, the conversations and, you know, the people, you know, the, the routes and the, the process, you know, leading it into the season, you know, I felt like, um, yeah, they, they, they do a pretty good job. What, 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 so what is your daily life like now? Like what does Devon best do to make money, support himself? And what does he want to do? That's a great question, man. So I'll just, uh, so I'll walk you through my day right now. So I get up at about six, five thirty, six o'clock. I work out after I work out, I meditate for about 30 minutes. Uh, about that time, the kids are up, getting ready for school. I take my 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 youngest son, to school, my oldest son, to school first, and I take my youngest son to school. My wife take my daughter to school. Um, I come back home. I start, you know, I work on my book a little bit. I'm in the process of writing my book. Work on my book. Um, I go for like a bike ride or something. Listen to an audio book or something. Go for you know, go for a little uh, little bike ride or a jog or something. Come back. Uh, eat lunch and just chill for a couple hours. And then I got to go pick them up from school. They come home, eat, do their homework. Then it's off to practice. So I got to take them to practice, drop him off, go take him to practice, blah, blah, blah. Same vice versa. My wife doing the same thing. And then, uh, shit, we get home probably about nine o'clock. And then that's my, that's basically what my day looks like right now. But as far as what I want to do, um, well, let me, let me, I got to add something in there. So on the weekends, I, um, I'm working out, you know, I'm training kids. It's training my kids and training other kids, you know, how to catch and run and jump. It's not a business, but I, you know, I do it for free basically, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've been doing it for quite some time, but it's, uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't really need the, I don't, I don't need the money, you know, I, I, I just want the time and I really want to give back and really help these kids develop into something that they, want to want to be and help them get to college because I deal with uh anywhere from eight to 17 years old you know what I'm saying so it's it's just helping kids and uh in, in, in any way form or fashion uh D Devon you forgot to mention so what time of the day every day do you listen to the all dolphins podcast oh man damn you just put me on the spot <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I got, I gotta get on, man. I gotta get on. I'm start listening. Listen, I got what, you, what, I got you. what are you paying attention to? What do you, what do you like? Do you pay attention to the NFL? What's your team? Um, I check it out from time to time. I'm not like crazy. Oh, I gotta leave. I gotta leave. I gotta go watch the game and oh, for, for the game or something like that. But you know, if it's on, you know, my my children. They in their own world. They don't even really watch football. Only time they watch football is when I'm watching it, you know. So I've, I've been following the Dolphins. I keep I keep one ear to you know to Miami and and and, and I listen and and I you know I got my apps on my phone, you know NFL app, the ESPN app. So I listen and I and I watch and I see what's going on with uh with, with players and coaches and the movement of the organizations and you know how the game is evolving more and more into a passing game and these big contracts, you know, I see all of that, you know what I'm saying? But um, I, after what I went through, man, it just gave me a whole different perspective and a different kind of appreciation for the NFL, you know? Mm -hmm. So what's next for you? You said you talk about a book. Well, yeah. Does it have a name yet? Not yet. Not yet. We, we, we not yet. Cause I want it to be right. You know, uh, Bro, I, I mean, I, that, book, that book's gotta be deep, man. Cause I remember it is, it some, is. Jail, some, some jail stories and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, 
yeah, it's gonna be deep. Definitely gonna be deep, man. So um, I would say we about we about thirty five to forty percent done. You know, which is we still got a ways to go, but it's just so much to unpack. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm taking my time with it. We I've been doing this for a couple of years already. You know, but um, I I my my passion is is, is my passion, my true passion. Is coaching, man, and 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 helping kids, whether whether it's running routes or whether it's giving them dropping gems on them, giving them game of my life. I realize that's what I love to do, you know. So uh, I don't know, I don't know what that looks like in the future. I can, I you know, I had opportunities to go coach at um, at different high schools and then you know go to college and do that. And um, I I think I I just talked to one of my buddies Anthony Armstrong. I don't know if y'all remember Anthony Armstrong, but he's a he's a realtor in um Dallas. In Dallas. Yeah, he's a realtor in Dallas. So I, I picked his brain a little bit. I want to get into some commercial or not commercial, but some uh what you call it um investment properties as far as owning some some more real estate. Um, what else? I, you know what else I want to do. I, I, I was thinking about reaching out to Exos and uh, seeing if I can train or teach some of the the guys from that's going Absolutely. from college to the NFL, teach them mm-hmm. what, what to expect going into the NFL. So that's something I got my eye on later on down the road. So I really, to be honest with you, I really don't have the time right now to do all of that because I'm so invested in my children right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to I got about four or five, six more years with them before they off to college and doing their thing. And then I can I can kind of do my thing, you know, and then my wife can do her thing. You know what I'm saying? So we all invested with, with our children right now. It's just us five out here and we got two dogs and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So living a peaceful life, brother. Peaceful, uh, bro. Peaceful, bro. So peaceful, I, man. I, I know. I, 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 I'm so happy. For, for you and where you are and the stability and the sanity and yeah. finding your peace. I mean, not a lot of people talk about black men and mental health. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm proud of you for speaking up because this conversation can encourage somebody to say, you know what? I've been struggling to hold it all together. And before I break, let me go talk to somebody. For sure. For and, sure. And 100%. That, that, that's that's important right there. Well, there you is. are you are officially the first player, former player interview all dolphins. I'm sure people are gonna love it, um, gravitate to it. You 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 know, I used to be called the the Devon Best Doppelganger. I used to be getting in the club, people were like, Oh, there goes Devon Best. I'd be like, All right. <laughs> I'm gonna roll with it. I'm gonna roll. I get get a couple free bottles or something, I'll roll with it. Huh? Yeah, I never I never got that personally. <laughs> hey, Omar, do y'all remember do y'all remember a guy um like it was really a guy out there impersonating me you, yeah, do you yeah, remember no, I, yeah you remember that guy like Stu Stu had to like really go 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 search for this guy and let him know like he can't be doing that he was going everywhere in Florida acting like he was me getting free bottles and club appearances fee and everything dude yep it, 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 it wasn't me, Devon. I, I know what you. I know. Me. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, people yeah, used man. to come up in the locker room like Devon. Uh, yeah, Devon. I'm like, nah, I'm not Devon. That's Devon over there. But that was back in the day when I looked younger. Now, now I don't look the same no more. <laughs> it's all good. 
All right. Well, we appreciate you, brother. All the love. Um, listen, I'm so proud of you and what you've accomplished and holding it down. And I'm, I'm glad the family's still together and the family's thriving. So, right on, man. Um, right on. It, it's I appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it, man. Oh, you too, man. You Both of you guys is good dudes, man. And I appreciate y'all having me on here. Keep doing your thing. Y'all want me to come on again? Just let me know. Uh, you, you got my numbers. Phone call away. All right. Appreciate you. Well, you you watching the All Dolphins podcast. This is the first uh, All Dolphins podcast deep dive win with Devon Best. Um, we will be back later on this today or this week uh with other episodes but appreciate you devon thank you again. all right man no problem have a good one you too all right what's so special about hero bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.